And now, live from Level 5 Productions on the island of Milleronia, it's The Larry Miller Show! Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and anyone who loves a big fancy dinner at home. Hi, folks, and welcome back to The Larry Miller Show. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And boy, we sure are today. Oh, I have so much to tell you. It's just, I'm back on the mainland, by the way, here with Colonel Jeff, and there's a reason for that, too. And... Boy, first of all, it's a beautiful day here in Southern California, and as always, that music makes me feel great, and it has the same effect on Colonel Jeff. And of course, that's the Orson Welles Orchestra and the Marlena Dietrich Dancers, featuring boy tenor Brad Simpson asking the musical question, if you blow your own horn, is that music to other people's ears? Good question. And the colonel thought so too. Boy, interesting and uh, interesting question, and especially because there are two answers to it. Think about it: if you blow your own horn, is that music to other people's ears? Well, the first answer is no, it's not, because who wants to hear a fella going on and on about himself? And uh, no, so no, it's not. I I don't need to hear that, and you don't need to hear it. And, uh, well, he's taking quite a presumption there that uh, he can just yak and yak about himself, he or she can, and that I uh, or you don't need to hear it. But you know what, folks? On the other hand, yes, it is music to other people's ears. And the main reason is that you blew your own horn well enough to get it to their ears. And that means a lot. Supposing a... Well, supposing a man or a woman is a great poet and uh, dancer and writer and actor, you know, like me. (laughs) But supposing someone is really great at all sorts of things and, well, that, uh, well, he's he's got a, a certain amount of fame there to it. But you know what? He wants more. He wants to get it to other people's ears a lot more. And get his work out there more. And he, he's decided the way to do that is to blow his own horn. And he, who knows what he does. He goes on talk shows or puts up billboards or or just in in the music itself puts in lyrics that, well, that say, hey, you know, listen to me, buy my stuff. Or whatever way he or she does it. You know what, folks? That's, well, what's wrong with that? And in fact, it's a blessing. It's you want to say to that 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 person, you know what? Good work, and thank you. And not, the work is terrific, but I wouldn't have known that if you hadn't blown your own horn. And so I think, well, and the colonel agrees with me that uh, Brad, good question. If you blow your own horn, is that music to other people's ears? I say yes. Sure, you could make an argument that, uh, no, it's not. But yes, it is. Someone's great, 
and wants you to know it, and wants you to hear it, and wants you to read it. And it is music to other people's ears, since you blew your own horn enough to get it to their ears. So, good question, Brad. That's the way I feel. And, uh, by the way, as you know, I I mentioned and honored Orson Welles and Marlena Dietrich there, and there's a reason for that, too, and that'll be coming up soon. And by PayPal, oh, still one of the best companies I know. If you enjoy my show, and why wouldn't you? And you'd like to send us a few bucks to help out, and why wouldn't you? You can do it through PayPal. And instead of uh, saying, well, donate or pay what you like, I always like to say, buy us some drinks. That's right. It's important. Well, there are different levels to drinking. As you know, there's level one through five, all the way up to... We're driving to Florida! Boy, oh boy. That that fellow is blowing his own horn. That that fellow who just says, yes! And good for him. So you know what, though, folks? Do that and get to, get to PayPal. You can get there a thousand ways. Any, any computer you have, your iPhone, your any screen you have. But you know what? Don't annoy yourself. Let us take you there. What you do is go to our website, which is LarryMillerPodcast.com. Who's on the mountain, Tom Mix? <laughs> I like how it just goes up at the one. At the end, like a, 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 just a half a tone up. <laughs> anyway, folks, do that because uh, look for the PayPal banner on our website, which, again, is LarryMillerPodcast.com. Who's on the mountain? Tom Mix. Ooh, pardon me. I should have had the fish. At any rate, uh, do that. Go there. Every little bit helps us keep the old leg lamp lit. And uh, thank you to everyone who's contributed already. And thank you to everyone who's thinking, you know what? It's about time I did too. So good for you, folks. And that takes me to my favorite part of the show, the joke. Of the week. I do love this part, in addition to that bongo drum at the end, which is one of those, I've, I've remarked on this before, but it's it's just perfect to have that as a tone. What does it mean? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, I don't know if anyone does. It's classic. It's like old-time cartoons where as the character, like a good guy character, is getting ready to w- run away, from a bad guy character, he, well, he really gets his speed going by, he's in the same place, he just kind of jumps up a little bit and his feet start to go before he's even hit the ground, before he's even going anywhere, and that's what they'll play. The bongo drums, bongo drums like that, and then when he hits the ground, he, he, he gets going. And that's when the bad guy knows, wow, I didn't plan this well at all. So in any case, folks, this is a great joke of the week, and I uh, I love doing it. And as always, I say, and it's true, 
If you like this joke, pass it on to one of your friends or loved ones, anybody you like. And uh, <laughs> Colonel Jeff and I both love this one. Uh, during World War II, still right in the middle, and right in the middle of Germany. And it's oh, around 1944, so oh, they're not doing well at all, which is good. And they're, but they're, their places are getting destroyed. The cities are getting leveled by American and British bombers. And there are two Jewish prisoners who escaped from a concentration camp, and they've been their own little gang uh, going around Germany for a couple of years now. And they destroy, well, then they knock trains down, they knock bridges down. They're on their own, and they're very successful. And sure enough, they get caught. They get caught by the Nazis. There's a patrol out there, and the, that part of the city they're in is just, wow, it's all knocked down. It's all bombed down. And uh, they don't kid around. As you remember, those guys, well, all Nazis, you know, they they just put these these two Jewish guys up against the uh, one of the last standing brick walls there. And they're just going to shoot them. That's it. There's no there's, there's no trial. There's no discussion. There's nothing to wonder about. No, nobody's going to even speak to them. And the uh, leader of the patrol just said he gets his man and men in a line, and they pick up their rifles and uh, and uh, and one of the fellows against the wall just says, "Wait, wait a minute now. You think this is the end, but it's not. It's never going to be the end for you. Sure, you can do what you want now." And you you won't be responsible to us, but God sees this, and God knows it, and he will punish you someday. And the guy's friend leans over and says, Abe, please, don't cause trouble. <laughs> I love that joke, because as I've mentioned before, though there are many different kinds of jokes, but I love that joke of putting one kind of cultural aspect on top of another. You know, that, hey, please, don't cause trouble. That sounds, I'm guessing to you, the same way. It sounds like uh, two Jewish men talking, well, in 1958, you know, something like that. They're in the middle of Brooklyn somewhere, and they're, they're not confronting anyone. Please don't cause trouble. And in a, at a moment and in a place and time where there's nothing but trouble. But anyway, I like that joke a lot. I hope you do too. And uh, as I said before, if you do, pass it on to someone you like. And it's fun to tell too, because that last line you get to tell is a completely different human being. Abe, hey, please don't cause trouble. Anyway, folks, uh, that brings me to my second favorite part of the show. The Poetry Corner. corner and that string quartet has never been more beautiful and uh, it's a, a terrific poem and it's called anniversary by gwen harwood she was australian by the way and lived from 1920 to 1995 she's considered one of australia's finest poets she used pseudonyms for a lot of her early work i didn't, don't know why folks do that but she did it and she liked it and in addition to being a poet she was a librettist, which means, by the way, she writes the words, say, for an opera, the whole book for the opera. 
and uh, she published over 420 works, including 386 poems and 13 librettos. So we already know she was terrific. But what a nice title, Anniversary, because, uh, well, yesterday was my and my wife's 25th anniversary. And I want to tell you about that, too. And there's a good reason. But uh, let's listen to Gwen Harwood's work. Anniversary. So the light falls, and so it fell, On branched leaved with flocking birds. Light stole a city's weight To swell the colored life of stone. Your words hung weightless in my ear. Remember me. All words except those words were drowned in the fresh babbling rush of spring. In summer's dream-filled light, one sound echoed through all the whispering galleries of green. Remember me. Rods of light point home the flocking starlings to wintry trees and turn stone into golden ochre locking the orbit of my pain. I learn the weight of light and stone. Remember me. Isn't that lovely? And, you know, it's not only a wonderful poem, folks, but, well, and not just because yesterday was my anniversary, but uh, Colonel Jeff picked this because of that. And, uh, what a nice sentiment, though, to come around to saying to someone in a, in, in a moment for a good reasons, remember me. And you know what? When you're alive and together and when you've passed on and we'll be together for a far longer time in a different place. And you know what, though? It's a good sentiment. Remember me. I'll remember you, folks, and I hope you remember me, too. And the same with Colonel Jeff. So that brings me to my third favorite part of the show. Magic Movie Moment. MMM Triple M. Oh, I love that piano note at the end. This is a, a great movie. It's, it's, it's wonderful. I hope you know how great it is. It's from 1953, A Touch of Evil. Written, directed, and starring Orson Welles. And boy, oh boy, folks, that man did so much great work and gave so much to us and to the world. Orson Welles wrote it, directed it, and starred in it. And starring also, boy, Charlton Heston, Janet Lee, Marlena Dietrich, Akim Tamaroff, a great actor, you, I hope you know him, and so many more. And it really is, it's in black and white, and it's about the border between Mexico and the United States. And uh, Charlton Heston, uh, playing Mike Vargas, who's a Mexican detective on one of their police forces there. And Janet Lee plays his wife, Susan Vargas. 
and uh, of course they're they're Mexicans, and so they live in Mexico. And it's a story. Oh, it's a film noirish story of uh, and the great Orson Welles plays uh, Hank Quinlan, who's an American police detective. And as Colonel Jeff was mentioning before, he makes himself up to look, well, so dirty and rotten and plain evil and, and well, filthy. And he's always looking through people. He does a great, great acting job in this. And uh, there's, well, there's a scene, an, a magic movie moment. And I just want to mention, by the way, that Orson Welles once said something that I thought was just wonderful. He was asked in an interview who the three greatest directors were in Hollywood. And he immediately said, John Ford, John Ford, and John Ford. And I agree. At any rate, though, uh, a great movie, folks. And the scene I'm thinking of is Marlena Dietrich, who was just wonderful also in everything she did. And she's describing Hank Quinlan, remember Orson Welles, at the end of the movie. And she talks about him, and we realize that as bad a man as he was, and as rotten as he was, and as many lives as he took and hurt, we still cared about him the way she does. And she talks about him in that great accented voice. This was a man, say what you will, but... And she really cared. She loved him. And, well, what happens at the end, you should see. Please watch it sometime. A Touch of Evil from 1953. With Charlton Heston, Janet Lee, Marlena Dietrich, Akim Tamaroff, and so many more. Remember, a cast that doesn't stop. And, well, and directed and written and starring Orson Welles. I hope you see it, folks, if you never have. And I hope you love it, as you always will. And you see, that's why, by the way, touching on, well, anniversary before. Yes, I mentioned yesterday, March 6th, was my wife's and my anniversary. And it's also my parents' anniversary, which is interesting. And we picked the same date. And it's also my grandparents' anniversary. So that's pretty neat. How do you like that? There's three generations of family anniversaries in a row. And I'm here to tell you, by the way, folks, I w it's wonderful to do that. I was, I was saying to Colonel Jeff before, I don't know any other family that does. Maybe you do. And it's, it's just we don't have many dates that mean something. And uh, we were talking about this, and the colonel mentioned that there's really no dates in the wedding world that mean anything. I know I had always heard of, I said, uh, well, a June wedding is supposed to be, I mean, you know, a wedding in June. I don't even know what that means, though. That, But it had been for so long, well, a June wedding seemed like a good time to do it, but there's really nothing else. Picking something that involves family, I would like to recommend to you in a, in a very strong way. And... Uh, well, as I said, I don't know any other family that does. I I hope our kids 
pick that for their weddings too. It, it's a great thing to keep going, folks. And uh, I think our kids might pick that because I know, I can promise you that once they, well, meet nice girls and they, uh, they're going out the right time and they care about each other, and they love each other, and once they get engaged, and I'll know right off the bat, I'll know instantly because I'll be hovering over them like a hawk. Well, no, not like a hawk. I'll be on a branch like a panther just waiting for them to do that but i'm going to say you know that uh, again I, they already know about well that date i'm going to say hey you know what time would be a good wedding march 6th because remember that's me and mommy and my parents my mom and dad and my mom's parents my grandparents be great to have four generations in a row yes for both of you what's that your uh, your fiance doesn't care for that so much? Let me speak with her for five minutes. Why don't you just go into the kitchen and get us some beers? And I think she and I need to talk. But you know what? It makes you think when, well, 25th anniversary, that, that sounds like a big number, you know, doesn't it? I mean, it's, wow, how do you like that? 25 years. And there's so much life in it. Oh, with children, of course, that's, the greatest blessing, and so much work, and, uh, you know, the the house needs repair, so you get that done, and, well, we have our doggies, we love too, and, uh, but folks, that's a lot of time to live, 25 years, God willing, we'll have another 25, and uh, make it 50 years, a 50-year anniversary, and you know what, I sure hope my wife cooks that meal at home too. And uh, she doesn't need to hear me say that now, <laughs> since it takes a lot of work. I'm, and I'm here to tell you also, if you're married, a nice, quiet, homemade dinner at home is a far better way to celebrate your anniversary, any anniversary, than a big, expensive dinner out. Just try it sometime. That Homemade things, folks, are not only delicious, but it makes you feel good, too. It makes both of you feel good. And that, uh, you know, that and, uh, my wife is a, is a great cook, like a chef. And she made, uh, I hope I get this right, you know, that uh, a French thing. Everything, by the way, that looks fancy to me gets the word French to it. I don't know why, but when it comes to food, are you going to use that French pan? I don't know if the pan is French. But to me, if it costs more than $85, well, it's... It sounds like something French then. But uh, she made a, oh boy, uh, let's see, what was this called? A, a chicken pillard, P-I-L-L-A-R-D, which is you take the, uh, it's unskinned, you take the skin off and you make the, get these chicken fillets and uh, pillard means you beat them. And uh, that's another good thing about foreign food, though. It doesn't sound that good when you see it in English. But you beat it, you get one of those hammers, and you really wallop it, you know, bam, 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 on the cutting board. And uh, and then you get it. She got a, a, what do you call that pan? The uh, skillet, the, she got a, the, the kind of pan that, uh, you know, cooks used to have on every cattle drive in 1880. 
you know, uh, anyone named Cookie had one of these pans. They're big, they're heavy, they're, they're like 20 pounds. Colonel Jeff, you know, in fact, picked it up and went, holy mackerel. These are big pans. And uh, she cooked in that. In fact, you could beat it with that pan and make it nice and pollard. But uh, and then she made a, a homemade salad, a simple salad, too, which is the best. Just lettuce, some iceberg lettuce. You pulled apart in pieces and uh, cherry tomatoes cut in half. And she made her own dressing, too. And we even talked about it. She said, you know what? I I like making dressing, too, because it's you don't have to get dressing at the supermarket all the time. You don't have to get dressing in a bottle so it sits in the refrigerator for two years and just never gets used. And, you know, then actually, when you finally go to throw her out and pick it up in the back of the fridge, it pulls back. It actually fights you. But, I mean, she made such a nice dinner and, and got us uh, a little cake for dessert that she said you had little white chocolate things on the outside of it. And I said, yeah, yeah. She said that reminded her of our wedding cake. And I said, well, I said, oh, yeah, it, it does. Even though, frankly, I couldn't remember that anyway. But, I mean, I, it was a nice moment to agree and not say, gee, I have no idea what you're talking about, But which is typical for husbands. But you know what, folks? I I, I don't know if Eileen and I have done anything fancy for anniversaries in a long time, you know, that, uh, you know, was, well, a, a nice dinner out, as you know, is pretty expensive. Well, a couple of cocktails, a tuna, tuna tartare appetizer, or a nice steak with a bottle of wine, and a nice dessert they carry out singing with candles in it, and an espresso with a double brandy on the side. She and I had a bunch of those dinners when, well, we were just going out, and then, uh, but then when we had some things to talk about when we were married, anniversaries. But uh, sure, there are, are nice dinners out there, folks. But I'll be honest, once you get back home, I think, and, you know, I can tell you, that's how our kids were made. You know, you eat and drink all that, and, uh, well, you're feeling a little romantic. And sure, you don't need to go to another bar and have another 12 things. Go back home and brush your teeth and go to work. But uh, I've never been a big fan of bigger, wilder anniversaries. Uh, We'll do those again, I'm sure. But I don't need it. And I'm here to say, folks, try it our way sometime. You won't be sorry. I know that, and once again, that's in the world of the things you know and I know. Homer is Homer, and Pluto is a planet. So remember, folks, as always, if you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to where someone cares about you for 25 years, folks, the game's over and you've won. Be well, and we'll see you here next time.